Pablo Picasso was one of the most significant artists of the 20th century and is widely regarded as a creative genius. During his lifetime, he produced an enormous body of work, including paintings, sculptures, drawings and prints. Picasso's work was in high demand and he received many commissions for public and private works. He always charged high prices for his work and his paintings and sculptures often sold for millions of dollars. By the time of his death in 1973, Picasso's estate was valued at over $250 million, making him one of the wealthiest artists of all time. So in this podcast, we're going to look at how, just like Picasso, you can raise your prices to reflect your true worth and stop offering business-destroying discounts or lowering your prices just to make a sale. Welcome to the Smart Connector podcast. Today, we're looking at the Picasso pricing model to help you apply its principles and make your business more profitable, sustainable and fun. So Pablo Picasso was a prolific 20th century Spanish artist who was also a shrewd businessman who knew how to build his brand. He believed that his work was unique and that its value was determined by the perception of its worth by others. Instead, he set his prices based on what he felt was a fair reflection of the time, effort and creative input that he'd invested in each piece and through doing so managed to achieve great wealth and success. Compared to other famous artists such as Vincent van Gogh or Claude Monet who struggled financially during their lifetimes and only achieved recognition after their deaths, Picasso enjoyed the monetary fruits of his labor while he was still alive. And of course, that's exactly what I want for you. The story of Picasso's encounter with a woman in Paris is one of the most famous stories about him which offers some valuable insights into his approach to pricing. And the story goes that one day Picasso was sitting in a cafe in Paris when a woman approached him and asked him to draw a quick sketch of her. Picasso agreed and he drew a sketch of the woman on a napkin. And after he finished this, the woman asked how much she owed him. And Picasso replied, 5,000 francs. And the woman was taken aback and asked why the sketch was so expensive, considering it only took him a few minutes to draw. Picasso responded, Madame, it took me my entire life to learn how to draw that in a few minutes. So before we get into how to apply his lessons to your own business, let's look at three reasons why, as an expert whose offer revolves around your unique wisdom and experience, you may not be charging what you're worth. The first reason is a lack of confidence. It's easy to undervalue your skills and expertise, which can stem from a variety of factors such as imposter syndrome, a fear of rejection or your level of experience. When you're selling your services, it's important to understand two things. First, your thoughts are not visible to others. We all have a tendency to be our own worst critics and the things we tell ourselves would often be considered downright cruel if we turned around and said the same to someone else. Perception is everything and when we're selling our services, we have to present a strong and confident face to the world. So it is our first and most basic duty to ourselves to deal with our self-sabotaging doubts and fears before we go out there to sell ourselves to others. Identify them, address them and reframe any negative thoughts on a daily basis if needs be so that they empower you instead. Now, in case you're thinking this is just you struggling with this issue, I can assure you this is the way our crazy human brains are wired. We're constantly threat monitoring because our brains evolved in a more primitive time when we needed to do this. This and our fragile egos are what underpin all that self-doubt and it really is important to do the daily work on ourselves as it helps us show up as the strongest, most confident version of us. 
I often find it useful to do a written exercise that starts with the sentence, if I really admitted it, I. I'm surprised at what comes out. Words like feel stupid and clueless. I can't do it. I'm too old. I'll never be able to do this or earn this or whatever. We women tend to be particularly harsh on ourselves and men know it. So especially if you're a woman selling to a man, you have to address these thoughts. It's like getting in training for the power and status plays that are designed to put you on the back foot and make you doubt your true worth. I also like to use affirmations and declarations, which are statements of identity. Affirmations are statements like, I'm smart, talented and worthy of the success that is coming my way. And declarations are more to do with our choices around our decisions and behaviour. For example, I succeed in spite of my critics, I always charge what I'm worth and so on. Now, women still take on the bulk of the domestic and childcare responsibilities at home once they have children, while men are, tend to be out there building their careers. Big generalisation, I know, but let's just say this is more common than the other way around, which means that when children get older and women have more time to dedicate to their businesses, they often have less to show for it. But never that, let that make you feel your value is worth less. You're just different, that's all. And the fact you spent all that time and all those years investing in things other than what you're doing now makes you more interesting and valuable, not less than, to the right people. Same if you've recently left an organisation, for example, and you're new to entrepreneurship. You might have a few things to learn about running a business, but that doesn't mean all those skills and all that wisdom you accumulated for many years is not worth a lot. People buy people in service-based businesses, and just like Picasso, you are highly valuable to the right people, while worthless to the wrong ones, and they don't matter anyway. The second reason you may not be charging what you're worth is that you struggle to communicate your value. If you're struggling to explain the benefits of your service in a way that resonates with your clients, this will lead to a lack of understanding of the value of your services and a reluctance to pay the premium price you want to charge. To overcome this challenge, you need to develop strong communication skills so that you can describe the benefits of your service in a clear, concise and compelling way. You also need to be able to demonstrate how your experience and expertise is relevant to your clients' needs and show how your services has helped them achieve their goals. And this is called social proof and it's very influential in terms of persuading your clients of your worth. If you don't yet have clients or case studies, maybe because you've launched a brand new product or service, you can then reference how services like yours have helped other people or businesses succeed. Research any statistics or data that could be helpful. And remember, even character references can help as this tells someone about your ethics and approach. Communicating your value also requires that you differentiate yourself effectively from your rivals. Many service-based business owners offer similar services to one another and it can be challenging to stand out in today's crowded and busy marketplace. So you need to focus on developing a unique selling proposition, USP, that sets you apart from your competitors. Identify your strengths and your specific area of expertise and position yourself in a tight and clearly defined niche within that. My Ideal Client Success program and Messaging Waterfall Resources helps experts who sell their services become superstars at communicating and delivering their value. And if you'd like to do this too, make sure you follow more of my content and book a call with our team. So the third reason you may be not charging what you're worth is fear. 
fear of losing clients, fear of missing out to your rivals, holding an inner belief that if you charge too much, your clients will go elsewhere. And here's what it helps to remember. If you charge too little, you'll get clients that don't value you. If you're getting feedback from prospects that you're too expensive, and if that is why they're not buying from you, this is purely feedback that tells you one of two things. First, that you're not communicating your value clearly enough. And secondly, that you are offering your services to the wrong people. As long as there is a market out there for what you do, and as long as other people are paying someone the price you want to charge to deliver something similar, you can charge this price too. You don't have a pricing problem, you have a marketing problem with not enough of the right clients coming into your pipeline. It's important to recognize that not everyone is a good fit for you. You need to focus on attracting the right people who value you and your services and who are willing to pay the price you want and need for them. And that's the exact outcome I love to help my clients achieve. So let's finish by reverting to five of Picasso's best lessons and what he can teach us about pricing. The first lesson is to be uncompromising around the quality of your service. Picasso believed that his work was unique and valuable, and he was unwilling to compromise on the quality of his creations. He knew that his clients wanted his best work and he charged according to this. In the same way, your clients want the best from you, not a half-assed job that you're rushing through. When you charge at the right level from the start and you clearly explain how this helps you deliver what your clients want and need, they'll have no reason to object. The second lesson is banish your fear. Picasso was known for charging premium prices for his work and he believed these prices were fair because his work was unique. He knew that he was offering something that no one else could. And your clients also need to feel that they could not get exactly what you offer elsewhere. So focus on these differences that give you the edge. Decide what they're worth and just commit to the premium price that reflects that. Feel the fear and do it anyway, as they say. The third lesson is to focus on the perception of your value. When you're marketing your services, always remember you're putting on a show and perception counts. Picasso understood that the perceived value of his work was just as important as actual value. He created an aura of exclusivity around his work and because of this, his clients were proud to pay a premium for the privilege of owning one of his pieces. In the same way, you should do things that elevate and separate you to create perceived value in the minds of your prospects. The fourth lesson is to offer different levels of service. Picasso understood that not everyone could afford to buy one of his original paintings, so he created different products such as lithographs and prints that were more affordable and cheaper and easier for him to produce, but that were still of the same high quality as his paintings. Think about how restaurants price their menus. You can have the set menu or you can have the a la carte. You can choose the two courses or the three. You can have the house wine or the vintage champagne. When you provide options for those who may not be able to afford your premium services, even when they're easily justified, you'll attract a broader range of clients and increase your revenue. The fifth lesson is to be confident of your pricing. 
Picasso was confident in his pricing and he was unwilling to negotiate on the price of his work. He believed that his work was unique and he was confident that it was worth the price that he was asking. Now, confidence is a mindset issue. So practice those affirmations and declarations. Remind yourself you are a money magnet and worthy of those premium prices you charge. And tell yourself every day that if others achieve those prices, so can you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Smart Connector podcast. If you'd like to connect with us in person, make sure to reach out and jump on a call to see how we can help you achieve success as a sector expert or service-based entrepreneur. If this episode has created value for you, we also invite you to rate, like, and subscribe to our podcast and make sure you come back for more of our exciting interviews or solo episodes like this. Look forward to seeing you again soon and have a great rest of the week. Bye for now.